contracting, the roof people who call you back. This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this, and bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun, take the cannolis. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for This is Live at Five, Live at Five, Live at Five. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, we're back online on Facebook. That's good. Sorry about that, Facebook guys. We've had a little issue here. But once again, Ken Martin figured that out. And of course, we're on the radio uh, the old-fashioned way. and We're streaming correctly. And our big mug, my big mug's a news junkie. What are you doing? And today is the uh, day before Thanksgiving. What are we thankful for? We'll talk about that. Uh, also, uh, reminisce, about, if you'd like. Uh, Jeff, of course, was talking about this day um, 60 years ago. What were you doing? Where were you? Were you born? Were you alive? Uh, who knows? I'm sure a lot of people will have conspiracies within the Gen Z and X generation. Gen will start you know, saying that was, well, it was, you know, it was a good day for America or something like that. But uh, I was only 11 months old uh, 60 years ago today. So I can't tell you I knew anything that was going on, but I learned a lot since then, and I've seen a lot and heard a lot of conspiracies. Not to get into it, but it, today happens to be a milestone day. It is the 22nd of uh, November, uh, but more importantly, it's 60 years. That's a big, big year, uh, a big milestone, I should say. And uh, I saw a couple of postings. Uh, Randy Richardson had gone there, I believe, with his son um, some time ago. He took a picture. you got to take a picture. If you're going to go to Dallas, if you're going to go to Dallas— it's like going to Rome. You got to go to the Colosseum. You got to check out all the. You got to go to uh, was it Dealey Plaza, on the outskirts of the of the downtown, uh, uh, you know, uh, downtown portion of business port- portion of uh, of Dallas. Nice, nice town. I didn't go there in the summer, and it was it wasn't too hot and whatnot. I went there twice, and the one observation that I had when I went there, uh, just as I walked in there, I, I couldn't believe how close the, the the depository building was to the street. Whenever you see the the Secruta film, uh, and you, we've all seen that, and other you know versions of it, you know, all done on eight millimeter film. Some maybe sixteen millimeter. I think Secruta did it on sixteen millimeter, and thank God he did. I always had this impression that you know Oswald, uh, the alleged shooter, if you will, which it was Oswald, obviously, uh, was really far away and had a tough shot to. But when you get there, it's it's no different than, you know, looking down at Public Square from the YMCA building and someone driving along in front of the Paddock Club or Paddock uh, Arcade. If you're a good enough shot, you're going to kill somebody. And um, the um, uh, Secret Service you know, had, were caught with their pants down. Many reports the night before they were at a Jack Ruby's place and other establishments in Dallas getting drunk. Um, no one could imagine that anyone would take a shot at any president, particularly someone down in Texas. 
But I'm just going to say one thing, and if you want to add to it, um, it was opportunity, clearly. Oswald worked at the depository building. Uh, his friends knew he was crazy. He married, you know, he, he went to Russia. That's where he found his bride. Uh, he was in Miami. He was in New Orleans. And uh, I, I, and so he, he had an opportunity. No one was paying attention. More importantly, that day, if it was raining, I keep saying this, if it was raining in Dallas, it's a rainy day in Dallas. If it was raining in Dallas on November 22nd, 1963, JFK could be alive today or at least would have seen a lot more years, would have fulfilled his first term, would have become a second-term president instead of Johnson, uh, and that would have changed the course of history. But it didn't happen because it, it didn't rain that day, and they took the cover off. Uh, they were also going to reroute the... Uh, the actual uh, the route itself from from JFK coming from uh, uh, earlier that day he was he was coming from um, Fort Worth and then uh, obviously at this point he was going to go back out to the airport which is in between the two cities if I'm not mistaken but that didn't happen because Oswald had that opportunity and he took it and he missed them the first shot and the next two uh, were were lethal. And to this day, and you look at News Junkie and you hear the stories, and, you, and you, tonight people might mention it, and you might hear it tonight on, you know, even JFK Jr., or ch- check that, RFK Jr., excuse me, JFK Jr. died in a plane crash back in 1999, but RFK Jr., who wants to be your president, uh, still says the CIA had something to do with it, and he wants uh, President uh, Biden to disclose that. I don't see that happening at all. But anyway, that was 60 years ago today. The other big news today is what happened in uh, Niagara Falls. And apparently some guy just had a bad day and crashed his Bentley into uh, a wall and it exploded. And the first thing everyone thinks of, and I could be wrong on this, it says it's crazy. It's a bunch of crazy terrorists uh, looking to, um, you know, uh, unravel America the day before Thanksgiving. So we don't know. But the one guy that did make, um, I guess you could say, visual testimony to what happened was actually wrong in his assessment. Uh, he, he saw an explosion. He saw a lot of smoke. He heard uh, the explosion. But his, his erroneous claim is that the, the car was coming from America and going into Canada. And that has since been, you know, obviously debunked. So, you know, I mean, when you, no one expects to see an explosion or someone actually kill themselves in a car. Two people died. No one ex- expects that. So your mind's going to play tricks on you. But at this point, all bridges go- crossing over into Niagara Falls, into Canada, on the western New York side of this great state of ours are closed uh, momentarily for good reason. So if you want to chime in but today, by all means, 755-1240. I don't know if Jeff had success getting in callers today. I was busy. Um, so I really don't know, other than that little excerpt that I heard him talking to some woman. Um, and and a, a woman really kind of got very personal today with what happened uh, uh, at this time 60 years ago. Also said that her mom had passed away. And I thought that was a very compelling part of her story. It was a horrible thing. Here it was. Her mother died. I'm assuming at a, she, was, she being this woman who called the hotline today, she lost her mom at a very young age. I'm assuming she's probably, what, 60-something years old, maybe 70-something years old, still very young, by the way. Uh, and Jeff said, oh, wow, uh, thanks for sharing that. Seven five. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I didn't know where he was with the show. I know there was 10 minutes left, but I thought that was compelling stuff. What a horrible time for her. Losing her mom, and of course, the President of the United States dies uh, right around the same time. She shared that today on the Hotline Show. That's what's so beautiful about these two shows. Yeah, you could listen to all the national shows, all the Republican radio shows that we have here. And we have them all. Um, But you can't get uh, deep down and personal uh, unless you call in like this person right here to share stories such as that uh, young lady did. 
Hi, you're on the air. Hello, Glenn. Something What's... entirely different. Yeah. You are you are an expert, I think, in uh, Watertown history and the downtown area and public square area. And I thought you'd be a good person to ask. I have, have noticed, and maybe you've noticed as well, that the wonderful sundial that was on the sidewalk in front of the key bank building in Watertown, the mm -hmm. main branch building on the corner of Washington and uh, Stone, Stone. Yeah. right right by the, the famous uh, concrete uh, flower uh, pots there. Right. The, the controversial... No, I know where you're talking. I know. That, that, that wonderful... Uh, <clears throat> Sundial. sundial that was put that was put there in uh, uh, seventeen uh, uh, twenty hmm. uh, nineteen eighty nine. Okay. Yeah, right. There's a wonderful plaque hmm. that commemorates that on the front of the building to this day. I, hmm. I read it and looked at it yesterday, but the sundial itself is gone. Hmm. And and I was sad to see that go, and I thought if anybody knew it would know about that, because you you know about infrastructure and uh, artifacts down there and mm -hmm. history and all. Did you, did you know it was gone? No, so, I, I did not know. Did I'm sorry to say I did not know that was go uh, that's no longer there. That's sad. I know what you're talking about. Um, it's just like the two lions in front of uh, the old... Uh, yeah, the other place uh, on Public Square that went missing for a while, they came back. No, I did not know they were missing. Um, and so I can't answer that question, unfortunately. Yeah, well, maybe... Maybe yeah, maybe someone else can. Might know. Yeah. yeah. It, was, uh, it was donated to the bank, mm -hmm. so maybe the bank has possession of it. I, I don't know. And... Um, well, maybe the developers the do. Still a, that's a beautiful bronze plaque. Uh, next time you're in the air, stop by and read it. It's kind of interesting. I will. Oh, well. uh, 1989 it was uh, installed. Gotcha. Okay, that, that, that's, that's all I got. Thank you, my friend. Happy thanks yes, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yes, you too, sir. He's a very good guy. I don't know about that, though. Hi, do you know anything about the sundial? Hey, Glenn. What's going on? Oh, it's Won't Jason. be long. I'm not going to attack people. All right, here we go. I want to wish each and every person <laughs> a happy Thanksgiving from the trainer family. And please enjoy your family. And love them because that's the only thing you got. That's right. Uh, that really cares about you. Mm -hmm. so, much oh, that's love. Nice. That's right. Bring your family in. Uh, right. Two years, we're going to kick off <laughs> my reelection, and I will be elected because right. people want change. Right. Yeah. It hasn't gotten there yet, but people want change. I mean, we we got we got a new administration starting in a little bit more than a month, but people already want that to be changed. Is that what you're saying, Jason? Well. Um, yes, and the, the question I'm going to ask right. simply this, will it happen? Because I'm 44 years old, mm -hmm. so I've been through administration after administration, and they give promises, but the reality of it is hard work. It's not easy, right. and you got to have tough skin, so I have tough skin, so yep. if you want real change, come to Jason Trainer. Uh, and uh, that's what you're thankful for, Jason, real change? Yes, and while I'm thankful for this one park, and I have a beautiful wife right. plus up with me, right. but um, I have a story, like I said a couple of years ago. My story is that oh boy. we need to get back to family-coordinated uh, conversations and just love your family. Right, that, that should no go really well tomorrow. To you, just hold them right. and cherish them, because that's the only thing you have. Right, and don't let them go over the Rainbow Bridge. And I bet you there's some <laughs> significance to that name of that bridge that, behind this story, but that's just me. That's just me. All right, thanks. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. 
I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving too, Glenn, yeah. and much love. Uh, yes, you too, Jason. You too, Jason. Happy Thanksgiving, and I'll see you on Monday. And we'll talk about the same yes. thing. All right, thanks. I'll talk to you. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn, what's up, buddy? It's Big Steve. What's going on, Big Steve? Big Big Steve. Was that last co- that last caller sleeping? Mm, not exactly. That's Jason Trainer. Man. Yeah. Well, but he had some good ideas, you know. So called. Now you take this early was, bishop. I thought he was sleeping, and he was just talking in his sleep. <laughs> That sounds like an 80s song. No, that's Jason. He wants to be your count- our council person. You don't live in Watertown anymore. He wants to be our council person. He's starting his re-election bid already? Yes, because he He's says... we got it set out for two years? We want, we, he says Watertown needs change. We said, well, we just made a change. I mean, granted, we have yeah. elections every two years, but now he wants change two years from now. So there you go. He, wants, he well, thinks we want change. Yeah, he's consistent with that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, pretty they much. They could definitely use a change. Wow. Right, right, right. I was watching you last night, and I, you know, I put up my typical comments, Dallas, and all that stuff. But right. What was going on there? Well, here's what happened. Um, you know, every now and then, someone actually. I mean, Ken has got Ken Martin has way too many things on his plate as it is. But he fixed the third microphone, which wasn't working here when we had Mike Sherman in here about a month and a half ago, and and you know, it was you know, we just need that third microphone fixed. In the process, however. He was reconfiguring the audio board inside the streaming uh, computer, which is right in, in front of me here. And as a consequence, we weren't getting audio back into my camera. And I and I, I can get the visual, but I couldn't get the see the visual is picked up from the camera. The audio has to come from another source. And in the last two days, we lost that. So we're back. It looks like you got you just fed up with it, and then you just finally walked out of the room. I did. I, I knew it was a mistake on Monday, and then on Tuesday yesterday, I realized, oh, I never fixed that. Let's see if I can. Ken, no. Uh, then I got Ken. You know, Ken helped me this afternoon, so that's why it's back in, back and working. And, had, and the levels of good. You had one too. viewer on your Facebook Live, yeah. uh, or whatever it's called. And yeah. That was me. Yeah. I was just watching you, just you know, pulling my hair out, trying to figure it out. You know, it's very yeah. frustrating. But you know, again, there's always an answer to things. And instead of, and, and I'm one who knows never to touch anything that I don't know what what it's all about. Uh, so I, I said, you know, I'm going to call up Ken, and Ken uh, remotely did it from his home, and he fixed it. So and that's the only way to fix things. Don't do it yourself. Get someone who knows. Is Ken the guy that fixed the audio at the mayor's uh, debate? Well, and he Club? did. He did. I facilitated that, and I took some heat for it because at the same time I was going back and forth, and that's when I ran into one of the council people, and I set up a meeting here for the interview him on my show, not to come up with excuses, but I had a legitimate one because I was going back and forth and I never put him in my phone. And if I don't schedule someone in my phone, I'm totally screwed. So uh, I was just yeah. trying to help out there, going back and forth. We lost the first 20 minutes of it. Jim's not here, so I can say this. Then we also had an issue getting some audio from the, uh, the, 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 uh, the water main break that day. And I suggested something to Jim, to Ken, but Jim basically told me to shut the hell up because my opinion means wow. nothing. And uh, unfortunately, we never got that either. I just said, no, just do it this way. And the, no, I'm, 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 the, I'm the big boss in town. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm Morgan Freeman. Uh, so I didn't argue. So I just I stay away from people. What, today was a good example. I'm glad you brought it up. I, I'm trying to do a big project, and I'm trying to get some help here. And I just say, hey, I was sending out texts in the last couple of days getting no answers, by the way, uh, from a lot of people. I don't know what's in the air. I don't know about you, Steve, but I just reach out just trying to gather information. 
and I get encrypted answers like, "Oh no, I'm I'm handling that." I'm like, no, what, handling what? What are you talking? I'm just I just want to get uh, information. I got it from the other TV stations, but I didn't get it from this person. You're fired up. You're fired up. I, I I I just don't get it though. I mean, I'm just trying to get something done. And I try to reach out and help people, and, and this particular person I've helped out, I don't know how many times, and I got nothing back for it. So it just, it just sucks. Yeah, I know. I'm supposed to What's be your... thankful, but I'm not thankful today, Steve. I can tell you that much. I'm not, I'm not, trying, to, I'm not trying to switch up the subject on you or anything or yeah. make it into a, a, sh- a show. Right. But what would your guess be on the dollar amount that it took to demo the old dealmaker building on Arsenal Street. What would your guess be? Oh, boy, that was a while. Um, which one? There was two of them that was uh, torn down. The one where Walgreens is or the more recent one that PJ sold uh, to the uh, to the car wash? The which one, one I'm talking about, the car wash one. What okay, the car wash one. Uh, it, that was a big building, no asbestos, built after 2000. I'm going to say that cost about $350,000. Yeah, I, I, would, I would probably say it would be safe to say yep. somewhere between three hundred. And a half a million, would you say? How much was it? I don't know. I'm oh, just, wait a minute. You can't ask a question without knowing the answer. I don't know. No, now we got... I don't. I'm, my, my question, there's a reason why I'm asking this question. Okay. If you have that property sold for a million dollars and you spent, you know, on the low end, 250 on the high end, a half a million. Right. I'm going to say the cost is going to be high right now mm-hmm. with everything else, right? Sure. But you were selling it and you were banking on the money that you're making and you don't have any friends in the world right. besides uh, the gang of three, mm-hmm. hypothetically, right? Right. right. And then, and then uh, you get an email saying, by the way, you can't sell this property because we can't give it water and sewer. Right, right. Yeah. Can, can, you, see, can you see where I'm going with it? Uh, that was my question for uh, Joe Stanley. If he calls in today, I doubt it because it's, it's Thanksgiving weekend. But I, I absolutely agree with you. That, that would probably uphold the entire project or the sale. But uh, banks don't see it that way. The, the, the guy who sold it to him probably won't see it that way. Uh, the I, deal I, is done. You yeah. already got that money off to the side. Right. Because you know that's what your profit's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you do all that work. And then, you know, I, I don't know who would have sent the letter or the email, but... Yeah. Imagine if it was. Imagine if it was the mayor. They got to send that letter. Well, why is that? Why would that have any significance? I'm missing. I'm missing the point there. Well, the significance would be that would be one last little shot that Mayor Smith gets on. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Way out the door. By the way. Right. Right. Here's a letter for you. Yeah. Right. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> this deal's not going through because we're not. Huh? Do you think that there's some political motivation behind this then? If there, if there was a chance to be, mm-hmm. and over on one side you had all your friends that wanted to help you, right. but then on the other side you had all your enemies that wanted to destroy you, right. hmm. there, there really isn't anybody over on that friend side right now, yeah. uh, right. in my opinion. No, you're right? probably right. But I, I don't than s- the gang of three. Yeah, I don't see, Well, Mary, I see what you're saying. It's just a crazy law. funny story, though. When I heard it, mm-hmm. I caught it at the end. I probably heard it last, like, out of everybody. Hmm. I thought it was funny. I laughed. I thought it was funny. Yeah, no, well. It's it's speculation, of course, but we'll have to see, just like my Aunt Rita would say. So what do you do? Where are you going for Thanksgiving tomorrow? Just same old thing, home. You know, have all my family over and uh, just have a normal Thanksgiving. Cool. Good. Well, that's great. That's great. Uh, you know, make a run. Is Walmart open tomorrow? Uh, no, they are not open tomorrow. I just read that moments ago. Uh, the Walton family has decided that they will no longer ever be uh, open on Thanksgiving, and thank God for that. I got another question for you. Yeah. And then I got to go. I got to call. Why does Kevin Fierce say in his commercial, 
they're open tomorrow, blah, 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 yeah. and everybody's working voluntarily. Well, Why do you be, say be, that? Try to get people to come into the store? Yeah. Or so you don't think he's a, like a slave owner? Uh, no. Well, I guess it's a little bit of both, but, you know, there's been a lot of controversy from box stores against box stores in recent years that forced their employees to come in on a holiday, so Kevin wanted to differentiate himself from that. I think that is a good idea, though, to stick that in there. Yeah, definitely. Because if I'm looking for something, yeah. and I hear him say that these people are volunteering, right. I'm probably, I might go. You know right, what I mean? I right. might go there and try to support his staff. Right, and they also do very, very well. There's a big incentive on it, because that particular sale that he's running right now for tomorrow and Friday, and this weekend for that matter, does yeah, very, very well. big TVs and all kinds. Like, all kind of stuff. Right. So if you work on Thanksgiving Day, for Kevin, you're going to have a great vacation uh, sometime next February and March from the, from the profits you the make from the sales. What's the name of the place? Mattress Plus? Uh, <laughs> Mattress Express. Come on, you know the name Mattress of it. Mattress Express. There you go. Yeah. Go there and get your mattress tomorrow. All right. Yes. I got to go only because I'm just waiting for, uh, for Joe, and I got to make sure. But uh, before I do that, happy Thanksgiving, Big Steve. All right. And he hangs up without saying goodbye. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, Glenn. It's Gun Nut. Gun Nut. I might lose you, but what's happening, my friend? I, I don't know oh. if Joe's calling in. No, continue. You if, know, every time I call I you, know. you tell me you're out of time. Listen, no. you have a great Thanksgiving, buddy. No, 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 no. Stay with me. Time. Stay stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me, okay? Because I don't know if Joe's calling in today because he does this, uh, and I don't know. So I, I, it's just one of those days for me. I'm just trying to be nice. I really, I, I, you know, sometimes I wonder if I'm too nice. I wonder. All right, so let's do a break. Uh, let's get this over with, and we'll be back right after this. My name is Gloria. We were- 16 Factory Street in Watertown. And just as ordered, we have Attorney Joe Stanley on the phone right now. Let's see if I can get him on. Hi, Joe, you there? Oh, Joe, you there? We'll do it again. Hi, Joe, you this is one of those days. Hi, Joe, you there? I am, Brian. Okay, great. Sorry about that. Uh, so, Joe, first of all, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Like you mentioned, I, I, I spoke to Joe very briefly during the commercial break. So, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. It is dark out there. We're hoping that people get home uh, safely. A lot of people left ho- uh, work early today. Uh, and sometimes that creates havoc when people are out of their you know sequence, if you will. But, Joe, something came up within the last time you and I spoke about a developer, about a development and a city law that might be hampering the efforts of two, maybe three huge projects in Watertown. And you may be familiar with this. And then we'll get into what's going on in Niagara Falls, because that just happened about an hour ago or so. But long story short, Joe, uh, there's this two, two projects right in Watertown that, are in, that might be put on the table because of the water shortage issue, they're not, there's not enough pressure going to two sites. One for a car wash, which you might imagine needs a lot of water. And the other one is right behind the car wash or near it, Joe, for a new hotel. But now the city is saying that the development needs, uh, and I think, if hopefully I'm getting this correctly, that it is a three-to-one ratio. For every gallon of water, for instance, that you put into the sewer, you have to have the ability to get, three, get rid of it three times as much as that. So in other words, three gallons for every gallon that you put into the Watertown City sewer system. That's the way I gather it. Now it looks like these two projects are in limbo. But my question is this. If you have money put down on a piece of property, or for that matter, if you have um, you know, a contract to build uh, you know, this big hotel or development behind that, what do you do when the city can't figure out whether or not you can get water to these projects when the price, when the, when the money's already been exchanged, Joe? Well, that's interesting because it, it's not really water. You're talking about 
waste treatment. Exactly. I Sorry. I had a little bit of an issue with that, where the one, a house I bought a long time ago, they, they were try, were going to extend the sewer lines, and then they just figured out they couldn't extend the sewer lines because the sewage treatment plant couldn't take anymore. Hmm. And there's no more, you, you know, you can't, you can't generate more sewage than the treatment plant can handle unless you expand it or build a new plant. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what that sounds like to me. Because, you know, water, so, you know, having water is the same issue. If you don't have enough, you have to build, if you don't have enough pressure, you usually build towers or you change the lines or, or, or you find a new source. None of those, any of those, are, none of those are cheap. So I'm guessing that the, uh, <laughs> the developers may have assumed things that Might. you know weren't weren't uh, available. You know, I, you know, <clears throat> uh, you know, if you're building a hotel or car wash, you have to have water and sewers. Sure. I mean, and you, you know, I'm, it's just one of those things. It's I, I don't do development work, but I certainly, uh, you know, that's something you can't can't build without it. You can't, and but at the same time, why well, would that? You can build it. You yeah. can build it, but you can't habitate it. So you can't, I mean, you can't yeah. use it. So right, <laughs> is, is this just a measurement that they're assuming that because they're overloaded at the treatment plant that anything more, in, in, you know, especially with a car wash and a big development like that, it, it would just overburden the the, the whole system? Uh, and why is it the onus of of the developers that are trying to you know have a, a, a financial impact on the city in this case Watertown to to create jobs and create you know opportunities? Why is it their obligation? Maybe to to put up the money to to reach reach this capacity, or am I reading that wrong, Joe? Well, I don't know what the city you know what the city is saying or what the city knew. I mean, but if it's a you know sewage treatment plants, you know those are heavily regulated. You know you you, you know you have to be able to treat it, and so I, you know they can only treat so much at a time. Right, so, right. Um, and maybe the city just has too much development, and they need another treatment plant, or they you know. You need to update that one. Um, that's expensive. Sewage treatment plants are expensive. See, they really are. It, it just seems like, you know, it, it, I mean, if you're going to buy a house or, or build something on a lot that you should know in advance, it's like, oh, by the way, uh, you might not get certain services here based on X, Y, Z. Uh, could could that it sounds like Arizona? You know they were building. Well, Arizona was it's still legal to build houses when you don't have water supply. Which yeah, is fascinating. That's a. <laughs> I, I'm I'm thinking that shouldn't be the law. You should not be able to sell people houses when there isn't when there isn't water and and you can't perk. You know, you, you, you almost every place I know of you can't sell a house without without a well or public water and a septic system or sewers. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't sell. I mean, they have, they have to know that that's adequate. Yeah. I mean, over the years, we've seen cases where they've had sub, you know, developments, you know, where, you know, someone would buy out like 50 acres and build like 30 homes there. Um, that, that's a big risk for someone to take because you're relying on the developer to get all the services to you. Um, so usually it's the guinea pig that buys the first four or five lots, Joe, and a lot of them are well, SOL. You know, it's up to the municipality, really. Those are permitting, and you know, that before they permit them and whatever, they're they're, they're supposed to have the utilities in place. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to put sewer and water in when you build houses, at least in New York, they have to be there before you start building them. You know, I it's it's interesting because we often think about Love Canal. Uh, speaking of Niagara Falls or that area, uh, back in the seventies, uh, there's something got into the water or the uh, uh, water table, whichever, and uh, all those homes were condemned, and they all had to leave them. 
Uh, I see that a lot, Joe. Uh, you know, just online, you see abandoned abandoned neighborhoods somewhere in Nebraska, uh, and there's more of them than we can imagine. What is that? Is is that just because there was they were built during the 50s and 60s because of asbestos, or in most cases, where they just they just weren't designed correctly, so they couldn't get the the needed services like water and sewage. I think it's probably a different issue for any, you know, depending, you know. I mean, it, it, I think it's, it's just, it happens for, you know, there's a lot of reasons why. It could be because there's no utilities. It could be because it was a super fun site that they didn't know about. Right. You know, it could be because no one lives there anymore. No right. one wants to live there anymore. It could be because of asbestos, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And asbestos, big, big, big issue. And by the way, I didn't know this, but asbestos was was used to a large degree in the World Trade Center uh, back in the early 70s. Yeah. Uh, asbestos, when did we stop using asbestos, Joe? Back- Late 70s. I think 1978, 1979. Yeah. Something right around there. So what w- time we, it was similar to when we stopped using lead paint. Lead paint and asbestos pretty much at the same time. Oh, and I'll throw in something even more than that. Uh, High-octane high uh, gasoline or leaded gasoline uh, was probably ended around the same time, Joe. Yeah, uh, whenever, you know, right around the time of catalytic converters, yeah, whenever that was. I remember yeah. the blue smoke that came out of old cars, and it would have had a distinct smell to it. And yes, I like yeah. the smell, which would probably lend the reason why I am the way I am today. I had a, a wicked smell. All right, so we don't know much about it, um, but, you know, if you know, in Niagara Falls, a car comes from Canada, goes over the bridge, and crashes at a high rate of speed. A lot of people say, oh, this could be terrorism. Uh, someone thought it was a a Chrysler 300, but as it turns out, I think it's it's a Bentley, which is a which is a British limousine, like a um, you know, like those big ass cars that you see at weddings and so yeah. forth. Yeah, very do, expensive cars. Yeah. Do, does a Bentley have more gasoline in it than a normal car? In your guesstimation, Joe? No, I, maybe they have a slightly bigger gas tank because they only get 10 miles to the gallon. But uh, you know, no. Right, okay, because it, I don't it, think that makes any difference, you know, whether you whether you have fifteen or twenty gallons of gas. That's not really, you know, it is what it is. The gasoline it can explode. Yeah, because the video is like, boy, that's a fireball right there. It's it just looked like, uh, you know, it was filled to the to the max. Uh, but well, I guess we just any speculation on your part as to what what it's all about, Joe? Uh, I no, I, I, actually, I was traveling down. I'm in Philadelphia. I was traveling, so I didn't even. Re- I'll have to go read the story. Yeah, no, no, I know. Yeah, just it's just one of those things where people are preoccupied, people going places like yourself. How's the weather, by the way? Real quick, I mean, is it good or bad? I don't want to keep you if you if you're down the there. Nice. Yeah. The weather's nice. Yeah, the weather's nice. Good, good, good. good. Well, that, upper upper fifties, and it was a nice day. When yeah, I got here. I'm I'm assuming people are very very uh, happy with the with the comeback win from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. This just a month after they lost the World Sur- or uh, they lost their bid to get into the World Series, Joe. So yeah, it, yeah. yes, so I'm sure a lot of people are happy down there in the Philly area. When it, we want to keep yeah, them happy. Actually, I'm going to see the Bills and the Eagles Sunday evening. So that's so it'll be interesting. Oh wow, that's going to be a great time. And I know your son uh, lives down there as well, which is great, yeah. Joe. Both my two, two my both my sons there, so we're all going. The, yeah, so we're all gonna go and have a good time. Yeah, my nephew uh, just got married down there this past July, so I went down there. Very nice city, that's for sure. I know it's got its sh- shortcomings, like a lot of cities these do these days, uh, but a lot of history there. Well, Joe, thank you for calling in today. I know you're with family, but I wish you a happy Thanksgiving and uh, a great weekend, plus a great Sunday night at uh, the stadium to watch that big football game. Thanks, you too, and you and your family. And I'll talk to you next week. Uh, great, Joe. Thank you very much, and have a good week. And we'll talk to you next Wednesday.
Thanks. Thanks. That's Attorney Joe Stanley here on the Live at Five show. So give me a shout, 755-1240. That's right. The Bills play the Eagles. Two great weeks of competitive teams playing each other. If you notice, and I share this on my Facebook page today, um, Tom Brady being very outspoken about the mediocrity in NFL, and I agree with him. I, I, I said it from the beginning. Usually in the beginning of the season, the worst football games are played at the beginning of the season. Because, you know, you don't really have the starters playing in the, pre, in the exhibition games in the, in the summer months. Uh, for obvious reasons, you don't want to get anyone hurt in a know-nothing game. But the first two, maybe three weeks, it's like, oh, this is brutal. But I've seen a lot of bad football. And just the other night, Mahomes really should have won that game. A couple of real easy, easy, uh, easy passes missed. Kelsey was one of them. There was another one in the end zone. It would have sealed the deal. Plus a lousy, terrible call on offsides against the Chiefs at home. You don't normally see that. Um, but I don't know what the referee, and they all got together on it too. And that, that caused uh, that last drive, at least, for the, uh, for the Chiefs to go bye-bye. So that was a big, big call. But anyway, big game this Sunday night down in Philadelphia. The Bills against the Eagles. Any predictions? Give me a shout, 755-1240. All right, so I'm at your mercy right now because what I promised myself today, because I know we had Jim. Did we have Jim in here last night or the day before talking about the Israeli-Hamas situation? Uh, but, uh, you know, we it just doesn't make sense to talk about that or any speculation on what happened <clears throat> over there in uh, Niagara Falls. So if you want to chime in about what's going on in your world, I'll be like what Kevin Shank would do years and years ago, the late, great Kevin Shank. He would always ask, almost on a, on a regular basis, because he did the hotline show prior to Jeff Graham, of course, and he would always ask people what they were having for lunch. So if you want to share with what you're having for uh, for Thanksgiving tomorrow, inevitably most people are going to be having turkey and all the other uh, servings. But someone brought up something today during the hotline show that seemed to make sense, and that's starting a tradition of the night before by getting pizza, and not just some ordinary pizza that you can get anywhere, but Arch Jug Pizza, which which you typically eat with a knife and fork. Is that a tradition in Watertown? Has that already been on the table, so to speak? Uh, give me a shout about that. But in the meantime, let's showcase our sponsors, and we'll be back right after this. You've been hearing about Herringer's contracting, and now your roof is leaking. So people who always call you back. Yeah, the other big story, and now I'm looking for it, is Hall & Oates, who performed up here, oh, I'm going to say about 10, maybe 12 years ago, as part of the DPAO. A big story today in the New York Post, Daryl Hall gets restraining order against John Oates in shocking legal battle. So let me read that again. Remember, Daryl Hall was, by all practical purposes, the lesser of the two because, you know, he looks like, uh, you know, a Baba Booey from the Howard Stern show, for one. And he was kind of the guy, you know, who sang the harmony. Whether or not he wrote the music, I don't think he did. I think John Oates, the blonde guy, and quite frankly, the better looking dude and taller, probably got laid more often. You would think that he would get the, it would be the opposite, but I'll read it again. It's Daryl Hall gets restraining order against John Oates in shocking legal battle. So one, and this is the, uh, I'll read this as quickly as possible. One half of the beloved 70s pop duo Hall and Oates is suing his former music partner, John Oates. Uh, Hall, 77, filed the lawsuit at number, number 16th in Nashville. The rock star and his organization, the Daryl Hall uh, Trust, is also suing Oates Trust. Come on, man. We used to do great music together. She's a man-eater. <clears throat> uh, the documents are labeled as relating to a contract uh, suit or debt suit that are currently sealed. 
The following day, the court officially issued a temporary restraining order to begin November 30th. Uh, the Post has reached out to both Halls and Oates reps for comment. Fans, of course, took to social media to express their disbelief over the news, with one writing, Daryl Hall is suing John Oates. The documents are sealed, so we don't know why yet, but I'm suddenly depressed. That is pretty sad to note that, you know, you know here's the thing. Whatever you do in life, if you accomplish great things, in their case, when they were in their 20s and 30s, when the day you die, it's it's going to be, well, John Hall died today. He uh, came up with uh, five platinum albums along with his partner, uh, uh, Daryl Hall, or Daryl Oates, whatever. Darryl, what was it? John Hall and Daryl Oates. And uh, sadly, though, both, both of them uh, sued each other uh, in their latter part of their lives and uh, haven't spoken to one another in over 10 years. No one knows if the other one will attend his funeral. In other news, Taylor Swift made another billion dollars today just by waking up. <clears throat> So that's the way that's going to go. You know, you're always going to be known for whatever you did in life. Sometimes it's best to be to die early, so you don't so you don't run into a lawsuit in your 70s, or you don't crash into a, a farmer's market because you couldn't tell the difference between an accelerator and a brake in your 80s. Yeah, you know, and so, you know, all, oh, he's a great guy, great actor. Boy, he was a philanthropist. He gave a lot of money to the local schools, but somehow or other, he didn't know the difference between his brake and his accelerator killed two people. You're going to be known for that. It's a terrible way of looking at things, but that's the way Glenn Curry thinks. 755-1240. So that's the one story that I read on News Junkie today. We know about what happened in Niagara Falls, or at least we, we know that there was an explosion there. People are still trying to figure that out. For the most part, it's been a slow news week. It really is. Uh, and, and no news, of course, and I've said this forever, up in Watertown is good news. No news means good news. We don't have a, a water main break. We don't have a murder. We didn't have someone freeze to death on the, you know, the veterans' walkway. So that's all good, right? Tonight, of course, will be the big, big night for uh, people to, to, to see each other and to see who, who put on 15 pounds or at least 10 pounds in their freshman year of college, uh, coming back from uh, Geneseo and Fredonia and uh, hanging out at the bars like Maggie's and so forth. That will be tonight. Plus the big Thanksgiving movie that uh, really is symbolic of this uh, particular a holiday weekend is uh, trains, pl- planes, trains, and automobiles. It says here, wow, I didn't know this. Uh, this is another article on News Junkie. It says filmed in upstate New York. Huh, I didn't know that. Uh, that month of 1987, Hollywood came to Batavia and communities in Erie and other counties uh, they, uh, that looked like rural Midwest, only snowier. Hundreds of locals answered a casting call. I didn't know that. Uh, in the uh, John Hughes comedy about a mismatched traveling companions trying to get home for Thanksgiving. The one thing I don't like about that movie is that uh, at the very end, they go, everywhere you go, they have a woman singing it. Not the ori- and I heard later that they didn't want to pay copyrights to the original singer. It would cost them too much money. Everywhere you go. Uh, so that's interesting. So that's where parts of that were shot. And we talked about this not that long ago, that slap shot, one of the funniest movies ever made, uh, with Paul Newman. Also, by the way, uh, uh, directed by the same guy that also directed Paul Newman in the sting and a couple of other movies. It, what, what you can't have a, a bigger contrast. It, it, let's face it. Let's look at this. Slapshot was probably what 1978. The Sting was 19. Best Picture 1973. The Sting was in between the two Godfather movies. Think about that. You got you got Patton 1970. 1971. I don't know what one is 1970. I feel I sound like our, I sound like uh, um, 
Garth Brooks, not Garth Brooks, Forrest Gump. Uh, I don't know where Tex was from. <clears throat> what was the best picture in 1971? Was it? I don't know. But anyway, 19, I'm, I usually, I was pretty good at this at one time, but I'm not anymore. It was 1972, of course, was Godfather. And then The Sting, which was a tremendous movie. I don't talk about that movie enough. So authentic looking. That was 1973, Best Picture. And then, of course, The Godfather comes back, Godfather 2, in 1974. I believe uh, 75, if I'm not mistaken, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. 1976 was Rocky. 1977 was, jeez, it might have been Deer Hunter? Or was it Deer Hunter 78? I'm trying. I'm, there's a poster in my garage that has all the movies from the beginning, right up until like the '80s, and I just I'm trying to look at it right now. 1980 was Ordinary. Oh, check that Kramer versus Kramer. 1979 might have been uh, Ordinary People with Mary Teller Moore. 1981 was I think Out of Africa, and 1982 was Chariots of Fire. Oh, G.I. Jane was filmed in Lake Placid, according to someone. And who could forget that the movie uh, Stella, was it Stella? Stella! No, I don't think it was Stella. Parts of it were filmed here, and, and it was in the early 90s. Bette Midler was in it. A depressing movie, by the way. Also, John Goodman was in it. And parts of it were shot, I believe, in Black River. Bette Midler was walking down the street in one of the scenes with an Emsol's uh, shopping bag in her hand. I think uh, Ryder was her daughter, if I'm not mistaken. Ryder, the, her last name. And if, who could forget uh, uh, Brain Hunter? 1987 was shot here with Glenn Curry. Actually, my scene was done in Cicero. Just a terrible, terrible movie. Just I can't even call it that. But nonetheless, people try. I get it. I shouldn't discredit people. I, I, I've done it myself. I did, of course, the, uh, the Egan's back in 2015. You know, a docudrama with some reenactments and whatnot. But I, re- I at least I tried. Try to put something together that people would sit and watch for about 70 minutes. And they did. They really enjoyed it. By the way, I forgot to say this, but I've, I just I created a documentary about a gambling ring on the, uh, on the, on the railroad uh, tracks of northern New York back in the uh, post-World War II days. I call it The Conductor. I, I rarely talk about it. I, I have it on the shelf. And I haven't done anything with it. I did it for someone who wanted to talk about what her grandparents did and uh, how they got caught. And uh, they never did any time for it, but it was a $5 million gambling ring that was going on for at least four, maybe five years. And the family resided right here. They were Irish immigrants. One worked for the, for the railroad, needless to say, as a conductor. And uh, while he was on the tracks, he was working with the underground uh, uh, collecting uh, numbers. It was a numbers game on the tracks. Five million bucks. Someone squealed on him. Inevitably, that always happens. And uh, the rest, as they say, was history. But it wasn't until, I believe, 2017 that uh, the daughter to these uh, people that did this actually uh, told uh, her, her own daughter about it. Because it was, it was looked, it looked upon uh, in, in, a, you know, in, in shame. It was shameful to, to think that your grandparents had anything to do with gambling. Or had anything to do with the law. Because there was a time when people really didn't want to get in trouble. And if you did, you didn't talk about it. Now you praise for it. Look what happened to uh, Susan Sarandon. She was out there the other day with a big-ass microphone on and wearing, uh, wearing something that looked like uh, Nick Nolte from North Dallas 40 on her head. She's obviously had work done on her face like everyone else in Hollywood. She looks awful. 
And she's standing there in what looks to be a jacket with all these Simpsons characters on it. And she's bad-mouthing Israel, saying, well, now you know what it is to be terrorized. So that was about, what, Monday? And two days later, her, uh, her, um, her agency, her talent agency, dropped her. But inevitably, some, some talent agency associated with George Saros or somebody will probably pick her up. It's not like Susan Sarandon is a commodity anymore. She doesn't look the way she did back in uh, the days when she did uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, or for that matter, when she played uh, the young daughter, the, dr- the junkie in the movie Joe, which no one ever saw. But, uh, hey, you know, you, you pay the, you do the crime, you, you know, you, you pay the time. I'm so glad someone actually, stu- you know, stood up to an elite A-list Hollywood actress. You just can't go up there and say that Israel had this coming to you and not see any type of, you know, get any type of uh, penalty for that or ramifications. But she did. And inevitably, she's going to get support from her co. I, I don't know where this is going, but I, I'm just ad nauseum. It goes on and on and on. How many people have you seen? I don't know. You don't have the same feed that I do. God, thank God you don't. But inevitably, I just see people having problems at counters in either a drive-through at a, at, a, at a fast food joint or inside a fast food joint. And inevitably, someone's so upset, they get a big fat ass, they're wearing clothes that don't fit them, so they have to wear stretch pants. And when they get upset with someone, they inevitably take their big ass, you know, big gulp or whatever the hell it is of like a, a gallon of Pepsi and they throw it at the person on the other side. And boy, does that start a whole melee. That's my feed. That's my fault for doing that. If I could do a reset button like the World Order is trying to do with us, I would reset everything on my Facebook page. I wonder if you could do that. Just start all over again. I go to my wife's uh, Facebook feed. It's, everything is nice. Birthday parties. Cats, cat videos, a bear rolling in the woods. Mine is a bear crapping in the woods and getting his ass kicked. Let's go to the phones. Hi, you're in the air. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. Who's this? This is nobody. Oh, well, that's good to hear from you, nobody. If it was a pumpkin pie, would have caught it. Happy Thanksgiving, Glenn. Yeah, you too. So what, what that guy is, is because he makes a reference to the late great Anthony DeMarco. That, that was a hang-up guy. But somehow or other, he reached out to me with an olive branch with a happy Thanksgiving. But definitely the Anthony DeMarco reference was clearly there. So there you have it. One of those days where, you know, e- even those who, who've, who've uh, hassled me for literally for years on this program, on and off, of course, and Jeff's show, uh, has an olive branch the day before Thanksgiving. Well, that's good. You know... Even the Brits and the Nazis got along every now and then during World War I. They would stop for Christmas, hang out, drink some, you know, some wine. And the very next day, they would go right back to trench warfare and kill each other with nerve gas. But that's the way it was. You know, you beat each other up in a hockey game, and then you go out to the same bar afterwards at the Civic Center in downtown Hartford, Connecticut. That's the way it is. Same thing with rugby games. By the way, hockey players are the to me. I respect them immeasurably for what they do. Just just to have that ability to skate in my book is you are the man. And and anyone who can swim backwards, uh, or for that matter, do a uh, a butterfly, which is probably the most difficult stroke of any swimming uh, competition. You the man or the woman. Oh, uh, one last note. Angel Reese, yes, I know you don't know who that is, but Angel Reese was the one with the big-ass, beautiful woman, by the way. She played for LSU. She was a junior last year, 
And uh, people started paying attention to her because she went up against the Iowa team uh, in the NCAA um, championship game. And Iowa has this outstanding uh, player who happens to be white. And uh, everyone's, oh, boy, this girl's brilliant. She's got a 3.7 GPA, blah, blah, blah. She's, she's got her act together. She's disciplined. Let's see if she can win it for Iowa. But they had to go through LSU first. And LSU had Angel Reese. And Angel Reese got a ton of money since the championship from a rapper. Now she's an influencer. Well, as it turns out, Angel Reese is no longer on the team indefinitely. Suspended. A 1.7 GPA. She doesn't show up to practice. She didn't show up to a couple of other events. And she's got a boatload of money. And she's waiting to go to the WNBA next year. It just goes to show when you become famous and you come from the hood and you get a little money in your pocket, your priorities go right out the friggin' window. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving tomorrow with you and your family and friends. And uh, we will come back, of course, with the Hotline Show and this show on Monday, M1240 WET in Watertown. Up next, CBS News. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Monica Ricks, and we are following two big stories this hour. Israel just announced its delayed hostage deal with Hamas. But first, a dramatic crash at the U.S.-Canada border near Niagara Falls. car was coming flying back here, like over 100 miles an hour. We could hardly even see me. It was going that quick. And then it looked like he hit the fence, and this uh, fire started. And then all of a sudden, he went up in the air. And then it was a ball of fire, like 30, 40 feet high. Two people died, but officials say there's no indication of terrorism. We just need to dial down the temperature right now. Governor Hochul speaking at a news conference following a crash at the Rainbow Bridge that leads into Canada. Just let everybody know, all is well. We're investigating. More information could arise, but based on the preliminary investigation, no sign of terrorist involvement in the horrific explosion that occurred here in western New York. She also said the investigation into that crash could take several days. Linda Kenyon, CBS News. It'll be another day before Hamas starts releasing hostages. Here's CBS's Christina Ruffini. The start of the release will take place according to the original agreement, so that means they're going to follow what they worked out, but now instead of starting tomorrow, it says it's not going to start before Friday. Now, obviously, this is just happening, so we're not exactly sure why. But it doesn't say that the deal has fallen apart, only that it's getting delayed one day. Thanksgiving travel started to pick up at airports and 